A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back with Dr. Samulitis. Part two. Hey. So if you listen to Tuesday's episode, I mean, I'm just going to keep playing this episode over and over to remind myself, now. okay, I need Fraxel, <laughs> I want PRP, PRP, like get Top it on, on my some cryofacial, yes. going to get a light, same day if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm like, also skin cancer check, like, yeah, right. check me out. Obviously, yes. Um, full body check. But we wanted to talk about melasma with Dr. Sam because she is the woman that I have trusted with my skin for the past few years. And she really knows a lot about it. She has melasma, but if you look at her skin, you would not be able, like when she told me that, I'm like, please shut up. There's no way you have melasma. She's like, no, look. And she's shown me all these treatments that she's done on her clients that have really worked. So a couple of weeks ago, I went to her and I'm like, listen, I want to get serious about this melasma. What can I do? And we got on a plan and she just is really informed about the topic. So a lot of you have messaged us on Los Angeles saying I have dark spots or I have this patch of skin that looks really dark and I don't know what it is or I got pregnant and got melasma it kind of runs the gamut in terms of who knows what melasma is and who just thinks it's like a random dark patch so this episode's all about hyperpigmentation in the skin and we want to talk to you about that and and get your expertise on it are you ready my favorite subject yes (laughs) that's what I like to hear okay (laughs) enlighten us enlighten us so what is melasma and what does it look like and where does it normally appear So melasma is a a pigmentary condition that is more common in women because it's stimulated by estrogen. So in a lot of cases, it comes up during or after pregnancy or in someone who's on a birth control pill, but not always. And occasionally we see it in men, which really mystifies me. I never know what to make of it when we see it in men or we see it on like a top of a man's like bald scalp. Oh, yeah. Occasionally we see something that looks like melasma on the arms and and I'm like, what is this? Um, (laughs) But normally it's on the face in women. Usually doesn't pop up until a little later in life, like in the 30s. You know, we don't see it in teenagers. So it is associated with kind of long-term sun exposure. Okay. And and we see it a ton in Southern California because we really get a lot of sun, even if we don't think we're getting a lot of sun, like every single day, except for the five days when it rains. Mm-hmm. And it's stimulated by estrogen, and it's usually kind of a patchy. It has, like, funny shapes sometimes. It's not just, like, a cute little smattering of freckles. Mm. Most common on the forehead, on the upper lip, and kind of at the, like, apples of the cheeks. Yep. I worked in a tanning salon when I was a teenager. Mm. Okay. So there's that. It was before we knew they were deathbeds. And, <laughs> and I was still wearing sunscreen, but I, it's good to know, like, that it is kind of onset by, like, long-term sun exposure. Mm-hmm. I noticed it when I got off Yaz. So I was on birth control for four years in my early 20s. I decided I didn't need it, and I got off, and I noticed immediately that my melasma almost completely disappeared, and that's mm-hmm. when I kind of made the link, oh, this has to be hormonal in some yeah. way. So I'm curious, like, how does it respond to treatment? So it's very, very hard to treat, unfortunately. Yeah. And my approach to treating melasma is usually to treat it with everything, if possible. Yep. 
Um, and, and not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to try one thing at a time. But our treatments usually consist of using uh, topical products that prevent overproduction of melanin. So hydroquinone has always been the gold standard for treating melasma, I mean, since like I think the 1960s or 1970s. It's really been around a long time. And it really does work. So yeah. It's like a skin brightening? Yeah. Okay. So it's an ingredient that blocks something called tyrosinase, which is a, an enzyme that is required to produce melanin. So it blocks something in the melanin production pathway. And then now there are a lot of non-hydroquinone brightening ingredients that are available, like kojic acid and arbutin. And they all block some path some step in the pathway to making melanin as well so that's really like the thing that we've been doing forever for melasma but we usually combine that with retin-a peels or some kind of exfoliation like a clear and brilliant laser for example is a very safe laser that doesn't make the melasma worse or now we're using micro needling because we're trying to remove some of the excess pigment and then we use the brightening creams to prevent new pigment from popping up mm. so it's usually a process that takes up to six months because you've got to remove the pigment and then prevent new pigment you can't just like make it disappear like super quick mm -hmm. Um, and our new favorite treatment for melasma is something called tranexamic acid. And I was doing a little research on this actually last night just to kind of, you know, get all the information like more than I already knew. And I guess that it was tranexamic acid was first reported to help melasma in like the 1970s. Oh, wow. I didn't so realize that. I don't know what's taken us so long yeah. um, because since I've been using it, it's been like life changing for me. And I've been able to clear people's melasma faster and much more effectively than ever before. Now, is it something that you have to like maintain or it'll come back? Well, unfortunately, that's usually the case. Okay. Now, in some people, they get melasma during pregnancy and then the pregnancy's over and we treat their melasma and they maybe they're not taking a birth control pill and they can often sustain because they didn't have melasma before. But it definitely tends to be something that rebounds. And like I said, I have melasma and right now it's in good shape because it's winter. I've used all those treatments. I do regular exfoliations and... But if I go on a trip to Mexico, like I do once a year, my melasma, it's like, hello, I'm back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I have to start all over again. Okay. Um, so usually we don't have you on these treatments continuously, right. but we have you use them when you need them. Okay. So we kind of, I like to hit it hard for three to six months and then take a break and go on maintenance regimen. And then when it comes back, we hit it hard again. Okay. And in the meantime, you just have to be really diligent about sun protection because the sun can make it come back really quickly. So the tranexamic acid, mm -hmm. it's a pill, right? So yes, it's a pill, although now we are formulating it in topical. And the topical so far, I mean, I haven't been as wowed with, but I found that if you use it for a longer period of time in combination with some of the other treatments, that's working well. But this pill is normally used for treating heavy menstrual periods mm -hmm. and cramping. And so gynecologists have been prescribing this to people for a very long time. It's a very safe medication um, in most people. 
and it doesn't really seem to have any side effects. And I've talked to some of my gynecology colleagues about it and they've all said, oh yeah, I just like give it, you know, I, I prescribe it like candy. Yeah. Like I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But since it's new to us in dermatology, we're all nervous. You know, yeah. we're like, um, how long can we use this? Is it safe? Do we yeah. have to do blood tests first? And you know, we, I found that the more I've prescribed it, um, it, people are doing really well with it, but it's, it targets melasma via a completely different pathway than all the other treatments that we have. And, um, learning more about that pathway, um, it blocks something called plasminogen activator. And so what that does, it leads to a cascade of events that increase melanin and increase blood flow. And we know that heat makes melasma worse. So if we can block that step that increases the, the blood flow and uh, what's called angiogenesis, where you make new blood vessels to feed the melanin production, then you block the melasma too. So it's a, it's a really cool product awesome. that I'm very excited about using. Sorry, I feel like I keep asking all the questions. <laughs> no, it's okay. Do you want me to ask this last yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. So are there any products that you should avoid if you have melasma? I, there aren't too many specific things, but because melasma can be reactive to um, maybe something irritating. So for example, a lot of times we like to use Retin-A in conjunction with hydroquinone and these other topicals, and sometimes they can irritate your skin and the irritation can cause the melasma to get worse. So then we're like kind of like doing, you know, we're just like chasing our tail because we've created a bunch of inflammation. So I think if somebody who has melasma is like trying to do lots of like scrubbing and exfoliating, and maybe they're causing more irritation of their skin, then, you know, they're not really helping the melasma. We sometimes will even use the traditional melasma formula has... Uh, hydroquinone, retin-A, and even a little bit of hydrocortisone. Um, and this product uh, that's been around forever called Triluma, they did a study that showed that using hydrocortisone regularly for a year didn't cause any like thinning of the skin or any complications that we usually associate with using topical steroids. But it reduces that inflammation, so it helps melasma get better. And knowing that your melasma will respond to heat, mm -hmm. that's why like you can't use certain lasers and stuff like that, right? That's correct. Okay. But um, specifically lasers that either aggressively use a lot of heat, like say like an ablative CO2 laser you wouldn't use on melasma or a laser that the melanin will absorb a lot of the heat and become like the target of the laser. So my favorite laser for melasma is the clear and brilliant. Mm. Um, that one, I mean, this, there have been studies that have shown that it improves melasma. I haven't seen it worse in melasma, but you also have to make sure you do the appropriate post-care and kind of follow up with your melasma treatment with hydroquinone, tranexamic acid, et cetera, to prevent the melasma from kind of rebounding. So to kind of pull it all together, somebody comes to you and says, I don't want my melasma mm -hmm. anymore. I know it's a journey, mm -hmm. but what <laughs> would you put them on regimen wise and say, this is what you do in the morning. This is what you do at night. And these are like the, this is a prescription I would give you. Yeah. So morning, um, for cleansing, I usually say use a gentle cleanser because yeah. we're going to be using a lot of strong topicals that can cause irritation. So you don't need to use like a scrub or, um, maybe a light glycolic cleanser. Again, if your skin tolerates it, um, I think that's possibly a good addition. And I don't always do all these things all at once because I, we sometimes have to feel out how your skin responds, totally. but in a perfect world where we could kind of use everything, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe a light glycolic cleanser. In the morning, vitamin C and antioxidants. So vitamin C it doesn't have any brightening effects on its own, but it is an antioxidant. So it helps to protect against some of the oxidative stressors that are in the environment and obviously from the sun. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, I always recommend vitamin C in the morning in combination with your sunscreen. Um, kind of like we were describing about what's on my skin yes. today. Mm -hmm. So then obviously sunblock, tinted sunblocks have an additional protective effect specifically for melasma because of the ingredient called iron oxide, which is what is partially what is responsible for the actual tint. Um, and there have been a few studies that have shown that Tinted works better than non-tinted, specifically for preventing melasma from oh, flaring up. wow. Okay. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> so then at night, again, you would cleanse. I like to use a Clarisonic brush okay. because when you cleanse with Clarisonic, the products that you apply after, it facilitates the absorption. Okay. So at night, you would use my compounded brightening cream, which I sort of custom formulate for each individual. Sometimes we use a stronger dose. Sometimes we put Retin-A in it. Sometimes we take the Retin-A out. Sometimes we use the hydrocortisone. We usually do kojic acid. People who are allergic to penicillin shouldn't use kojic acid because they can cross-react. And then I put some vitamin C and vitamin E in that cream. And then we have you moisturize after. And I like using a moisturizer with niacinamide because it's calming. And it also has like anti-aging benefits. So those are kind of my favorite regimen products in total. Okay, wait. I have a question that's not related to melasma, but I want to ask real quick. <laughs> what, like when it comes to ingredients like vitamin E or vitamin C and like kojic acid and niacinamide, it's okay to use those all on the same day? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And a lot of products contain a combination of those things. Yeah. I just think a lot of people are confused about when to use certain ingredients. Mm -hmm. Should they be using them every day? Should they alternate? Should it be once a week? But it sounds like you can use them all depending and, on and your I skin. And I mean, if your skin's getting red, itchy, bumpy, irritated, we need to figure out what's bothering your skin and maybe use that ingredient less frequently. Yeah. Some people can only use Retin-A twice a week. Yeah. And that's okay. I'd rather that you use it more regularly than to use it more frequently. Okay. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> that's it. Thank you so much the for melasma this part Bible. two. Yes. We're going to have to have you on for part three at yes. some point. I can't wait. <laughs> After we go get our PRP. Yes. You're and like, our, what could you guys possibly ask me? <laughs> you guys like, just picked my brain. We could so do a much. whole like sun exposure yeah. episode. Yeah. And no skin check. But Dr. Sam, thank you for coming thank on. Thank you so much. Thank you for I having you. me. So I'm going to have to come in. Yes, for we'll sure. Go together. I will force you to come with me to my next appointment. Um, guys, follow Facile at Facile Skin on Instagram. And off, Dr. Samolitis is Dr. Samolitis. Sarah and I know where to find us and Los Angeles. And we will see you. You will hear us. Well, we'll, we'll see we'll you and talk to you in a week. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you in a week. Sounds sounds good. I think it's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.